subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello and welcome to Get It Off Your Breasts, the podcast which digs into all those issues really getting under your skin. This week we're so delighted to be joined by activist and co-founder of The Pink Protest, Grace Campbell. She is amazing and I love this episode. We talk about separating the art from the artist and also our tricky relationship with pubic hair. Hmm. Welcome back to season two of Get It Off Your Breasts. We are so excited to have the amazing Grace Campbell. So Grace, what topic do you want to get off your breast today? So after quite a lot of deliberation, I want to get the fact that I'm repulsed by my own pubic hair <laughs> off of my breast. <laughs> I think this is going to be our favourite, my favourite topic we've ever discussed on this Same. podcast. <laughs> okay, so basically, it, it's there's lot, there's so many complex things to this conversation because I feel like. I wax my pubes and have done since I was like 17 because I want to and because I prefer being hairless but I'm aware that that came from a place where like I remember being at school and it being this thing that you have to shave your pubes that you have to have no pubes if like you're gonna get with a boy you you can't have pubic hair because boys won't get with you so that kind of sunk in And then now at 23, I'm like, okay, do I do it because I want to do it? Or do I do it because I know that a boy won't want to like go down on me or get with me or they'll think differently of me? And I also think the other thing, there's there's a lot. (laughs) A lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. Who knew the views are so deep? (laughs) The other thing is that like, I feel like as a feminist, am I like ruining my feminist identity in waxing my pubes and do people expect something differently of me and also older feminists I've found are really judgmental of women who want to get rid of their pubic hair because they are just simply like you're doing that because of the patriarchy and so I have lots of arguments with like my mum's friends about what wanting to wax my pubes like I was on holiday last summer with my some of my mum's friends were there and I was going to a festival after so I'd had a wax that day and, like, these older... One of these women, she's, like, a proper old-school, like, feminist. She's, like, in her 80s. And she just started screaming at me. She was like, why did you wax your pubes? And I was like, because I want to. Because I'm going on a beach holiday. And I don't want there to be any risk of my pubic hair coming out. And they just couldn't get their head around it. Mm. So can I ask you then... So trying to kind of unpack a little bit about what you said. When you go to wax... Do you wax or shave? I wax. You wax. When you go for wax... 
do you get like afterwards go like I really like the way that looks I'm enjoying the look of my parts now that they are hairless and it looks really good and it makes me feel good about myself or do you just go like phew I've got rid of my hair now I'm not going to get potentially like embarrassed or shamed or whatever like what's what do you think well basically this week I hadn't waxed my pubes for ages and my flat the other day I was walking around in like a fog my flatmate like she just looked at them because my pubes they they come quite far down and my legs hair are really fair my leg hairs are really yeah. fair my pubes are really dark and so like my flatmate just like her eyes kind of migrated towards my crotch she was like they're really long like she wasn't being judgmental and I was like I know I can't believe I've kind of let them get to this and then I realised oh shit I need to get rid of them but it wasn't like I felt like I don't know, it just felt like it was time to kind of get rid of them. And then afterwards I looked there and I was like, God, it looks like, mm. it does look like a bald head. <laughs> Do you know what? That's so funny because I went on a summer holiday last year with like my, some of my best friends and we were all so different because like one of my friends is just, so she's bold forever. Mm. I, I like the option of like whatever I feel like that sort of month or whatever. But my favourite, one of my favourite episodes of Sex and the City is like when Samantha has that massive bush just because I think... I was worried that when I was younger, I was doing it just because of um, worrying about what boys would mm. say because of the rise in porn and the rise in, like, fetishizing like, hairless women. For me, I was just, like, I went through a real phase of rebelling and now I'm coming back to what you're saying of actually, no, I'm choosing to do this. Yeah, and that's the kind of complex thing of it. I think you definitely porn is a really important thing because that's where this all stems from with like my generation. It's like boys watch porn from a really young age and women never have pubic hair. So they're quite confused when you do have pubic hair. But that's kind of why I was asking you how you feel because I think like, so I'm going to like fess up and say I'm a full on 70s bush girl. And I think I'd like to say it's because of my proud feminist badge. But um, it's actually probably because I'm just really lazy. And I'm like, I don't mind it. So, you know, it's fine. (laughs) But um, that's kind of why I was asking you like, do you actually like enjoy the look of it more when it's hairless or like all neat or however you wear it? Because if so, then that's your choice to go, I want to look good. I want to feel good about myself. And I like the way it looks because I think like if you're doing it because you feel you have to, or because you feel like, you know, a boy or even another woman, you know, would think it looks gross, then that's probably the not the wrong reasons, but that's probably quite like, a bit of a sad reason to do it mm. but if you're just like yeah I love the way it looks now yeah. then go for it I don't that's the thing like I don't actually love the way it looks I love the way it feels mm. I love the way it feels and like I do a lot of exercise so I sweat a lot I do like hot yoga a lot and so I prefer knowing that like I'm hairless and it, I do you go full on hairless hygienic. no I leave a little strip yeah it's way more comfortable it's mm. much more comfortable yeah so I think maybe because we, we were talking earlier about um you know, Catelyn Moran's book, mm. she, that's the first book that I think really kind of points out these little, not little things, but like the more um, ingrained things in society, like heels, like are painful. So it's like annoying. The patriarchy made women like walk more slowly and be in pain. And they also made us feel like bad about our body hair. But it doesn't mean that you have to go bush to prove a point. I, I, like, yeah. I like the bit where yeah. she talks about, um, she like lists all the reasons why like you should love your pubic hair. And like my favourite reason that stuck with me, because she had so many good reasons, but this is the only one I remember. She was like, you can bounce your hand on it like a springy mattress and it just feels really fun. And I'm like, yeah, you can. But I also think like saying that, 
Um, I'm quite lucky. So what you were talking about, about the kind of spread, the growth down your legs, like I've never had that. So I'm quite contained anyway. If so, you were going on a beach holiday, would you... I don't need to. Wax a bit. Oh, no, really? I don't need See, to. I, have, I mean, I, I'm, right. I'm naturally quite contained, but it, I mean, it's still it's still bushy, but it's like, it's it's, ne- it's it won't be seen from mm-hmm. someone if I'm wearing a bikini. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm just a bit like lucky and it's a sport position to say that in. But I did used to wax when I was younger. And like, I mean, I just, I, st- I think... I think it was a pressure thing. It was a thing of like, you know, would someone think it looked gross or, you know, it was just, it was just what you do. Um, and I'd say even not just the pubes, it's like you can take that further to, you know, armpit mm. hair and shaving your legs and, and things like that. I think it's hard for us to even know because like from such a young age, there's such a pressure for women to look hairless basically um, on our bodies. So we might even think we're doing it because we want to, but like, we don't know how much we've been conditioned. And that's why it is really complex. Like, you know, there's so many weird complexities within like being a feminist. And this is one of them because I, 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 I couldn't say whether or not I'm doing it for myself mm-hmm. or I'm doing it for men and patriarchy mm-hmm. and like whatever. I, I couldn't, that, I don't have a definitive answer to that. I know I prefer it. But it's fucking painful. Like, mm. the wax I had this week was so painful. Mm. And I was lying there. So I'm not seeing anyone at the moment. So, like, I don't really need to be doing this. But, like, mm. I'm here going through excruciating pain. And I used yeah. to thought, but I remember when I used to do it, the thing that I found most uncomfortable was the regrowth. I found, like, it, like a bit itchy and uncomfortable mm. when it started to grow mm. back again. And then and then you're like, well, then you have to just like, go all the time. To do it. And I don't know. I just, I just was like, why am I doing this? It's, like, expensive. It's painful. It doesn't feel nice when it starts to regrow. And, like, who am I doing it for? Because it's not for me. But I didn't... For me, it didn't feel like it was for me. Mm. But I think, as well, with that question, like, can I be a feminist and... Like, the Mm. answer is always yes. Yeah. Like, um, Bridget Minimore, the poet, um, she wrote something, I think, for The Guardian called, like, can I be a feminist and dot, dot, dot. And the Mm. whole article is basically, like, it's always yes. Because you can always contradict yourself. You can always do whatever you want. But I had just one question. With um, the pubes thing, the one thing that I always thought of is, and someone said this to me ages ago, is it good for, like, a young child to, like, see a woman's body, like, their mum, like, have no hair on it? Because then when they grow up, they might be, like... Ashamed. Yeah, Yeah. like... Because they didn't grow Mm. up with seeing, like... They might hit puberty, basically, and be really freaked out. Because that's the, the one... I was thinking about this when I was walking in. I grew... Like, my mum's a swimmer, so she swims every day. So I grew up in female changing rooms at, like, the Prince of Wales Pool in Kentish Town. And I remember being young and seeing these incredible bushes. And everyone in my mum's, like, friendship group, you know, they all, like, obviously, like, their pubes are really long. So it was totally normal to me. Mm-hmm. And then I remember when I started to wax and was still going to this swimming pool and, like, my mum and my mum's friends would, like, look at me funny and kind of mock me mm. and it's a very generational thing it's well, it's, it's fashionable because in the I mean in the 70s there were merkins people would yeah. like want to have like basically a, a pubic wig that made them look <laughs> bushier and it was a thing it Classic. was like to wear it with pride yeah yeah um, but it's I, I, I do think there's still a lot of shame associated with it like you know um, Madonna posted that photo the other day of her and her daughter hugging and you could see um is it lords mm-hmm. yeah and you could see her armpit hair and like the reaction was so horrible and horrific and like so many like so, there were some people obviously going like go lords go low you know and great but there was loads of people just going like disgusting shave your armpits and i just thought god we still are in a place whereby like women have like these expectations on them and if you fall outside of that it's still mm. it's like brave almost and it sh- and it shouldn't be like you should be allowed to shave them and not feel guilty about that. And someone else should be allowed to have as much body hair as they want and not feel guilty about that either or ashamed about it. 
And and the other thing I wanted to ask you as well was, um, was do you think that this is I don't know how to say this without this being gross, but do you think that there's something about like the women shaving their pubic hair that's to do with like infantilizing them in a way, like making them you look younger and prepubescent mm. in a way? Because that was something that worried me a bit about it. Was like, am I ch- making myself my body almost look childlike? And is that something to do with like the whole sort of um, fetishization of like young looking girls I don't know yeah no I, I, like, I do think it is really weird and I've never wanted to have no pubic hair and some of my friends like that's what they do and they love that and I I do think it looks quite weird having mm. absolutely none and it is again like goes back to porn and people's expectations when you see even I when I see like a woman with really long leg hair I'm instantly drawn to it and I, and it makes me feel weird because I'm just so not used to that. And I, I don't know, it's really weird. It's like I've got this underlying stigma of, like, mm. hairy women and I wish I didn't because it's, like, it's so annoying that that is, like, deep-rootedly in mm. me. It's so mm. annoying when, like, a woman has long armpit hair and, like, they raise their arms and my eyes just dart over towards it and I'm, like, a bit shocked. Yeah. Mm. And it is mad- maddening and that is linked to the infantilization of people wanting it's weird it is weird. i do think it's fashionable again now though because yeah. I, I have a lot of friends yeah. who have long armpit hair and i think it looks really i think it looks quite beautiful in some ways but i also think that being in a long-term relationship has allowed me to chill out about it if i was single i think i would spend more money on like preening myself <laughs> but it's really yeah. interesting because like okay so i i have friends who well, like, one of my best friends, her, when she was at uni, um, her boyfriend was coming up to visit her, and she didn't have enough money to get a wax, and so he transferred her money to get a wax, because that's how much he, like, didn't want to have sex with her if she had pubes when he was coming up. And this is, like, when we were, like, 19, 20, so it's still, like, I do think men go out of it, because I, now, what I was going to say is, like, having gotten older, men, like, my age have started to realise that it's bullshit and it kind and of makes care, no really. difference. And yeah. But I've turned down sex before because I'm like, no, my vagina's too hairy, sorry. And it's like, mm. they don't care. That used like, to be my, I like, my like, um, boundary, like, it's yeah. like a contraceptive, like, go out with a bush and then you won't get with anyone. Yeah. You see, <laughs> like, security, you know you won't have yeah. sex. Being on your period as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then at the same time, just to kind of flip that slightly, say, like, I was seeing a guy or you guys were seeing a guy, whatever, and you, you know, you just started seeing them and you just genuinely didn't really like pubic hair and you wanted to be able to, like, be sexual with them, but you just didn't like the feeling of it or whatever, and you asked your boyfriend or a guy and you said, look, would you mind just grooming and just cutting yourself a bit short and being a bit neat because it just makes it more pleasant experience for me? Like... Is that a terrible thing to just like it? If either way, like if you're just actually considerate of your lover's um, sort of preferences, mm. is that terrible thing? I don't know. I like, don't that, know. That takes That's a really interesting question. Yeah. yeah, because and men do groom themselves, mm. like some men, and so it's not it's not totally like that. Women want to be hairless. More mm. and more men now are like getting rid of their body hair. Um, so that is a really good question. I guess it's just that it happens so much less and it's not like a ideal in the media that men like have to groom their pubic hair it's mm. it's like where does it come from for women mm. it comes from a male porn makers ideal of what a woman should look like so basically male porn makers if you're out there listening we need some like pube filled porn as well just to like redress the balance here. yeah <laughs> so that people feel that like one or the other isn't right or wrong yeah and in terms of this wider discussion so you're making a 
documentary. Well, it's a it's a it's a prank show. Right. So pranking, yes, members of the public, and we're doing um, a really really, even though I say so myself, funny sketch on pubes, and it's to do with uh, pubes basically causing an environmental crisis. Pube shaving causing <laughs> an environmental crisis <laughs> which i'm filming on monday but what has been interesting with that is um because we're working with you know like older pe- people that are slightly older than me and older feminists and a lot of the people working on it have been very like our line is shaving your pubes is bad it's all because of the patriarchy and i have said over and over again that it makes me uncomfortable that we're we're asserting that this is something that women do that's not their choice it's something they're forced to do and so that's what's really made me think about it because like this week i've had quite a few healthy disputes with people where i've said that i wax my pubes and Mm. all of my friends get rid of their pubes but i don't think we're totally doing it because of the patriarchy so I don't want to like put out there that we, I don't want to shame women, and I think that's mm-hmm. the big thing with feminism now is that like that's what makes us different from people my mum's age. I'd say I don't shame women if they get a boob job. I don't want to shame women if they get rid of their hair, if they get plastic surgery. You know, like as long as it's something that you are doing with your body for yourself, mm-hmm. I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really complicated, but so I think the the pube thing has been interesting, kind of wanting to put something out there about pubes, but then not quite knowing how to have a clear stance on it because yeah. mine is not clear but it oh. sounds like this last well not last wave but like this wave whatever we're in now it is more nuanced isn't it yeah there is no you know it's like when Piers Morgan really shames like Kim Kardashian for posting naked selfies it's like uh, but what if she's doing that selfie for herself I, I yeah. find it all quite yeah. confusing I find it more triggering that he's shaming a woman. Yeah, but then I do also think there's a line whereby if you've got loads of young women and young girls following you um, and you have a responsibility to think about a little bit about the message you're giving and are you saying to women, like, yes, go ahead, be naked, be proud to be naked, but if you're putting that up and getting millions of likes, are you saying to women that... To, in order to be liked and in order to be popular that you, you need to have an amazing body and show it off mm. and I, I don't know I think I think it's it's quite a tricky line that it is one. it's like if someone puts up like you know the ins and outs of their boob job like is is using that platform kind of irresponsible because then you're encouraging more vulnerable women to do it who mm. might not be doing it for themselves it's like mm. yeah yeah it's it's muddy muddy territory. Isn't it? <laughs> it really you know, is. it's like the, the stuff on everything that's going on now with like Me Too and Times Up. Mm. Like, you know, these are conversations which are really hard to get to the end of because mm. you keep going off path and you yeah. keep kind of changing. It's like I went to see the Disaster Artist yesterday and I thought it was unbelievably good. I don't know if either of you have seen it. Not it yet. Was no. So funny. I have not laughed like that. I, I can't remember laughing like that at a film. But that day, all this stuff's come out about James Franco. And I left the cinema and I was like, I love him and I love that film. But I now feel really guilty that I love... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Him so much. I was going to move on to a topic which I've I've prepared and which I thought about, but actually, you just talking about that well, it's it's reminded me of another topic that I wanted to use for a later podcast, but I actually think it's really relevant. So, do you mind? Do you guys yeah, mind if I switch it. up? Which is like this whole idea of whether we can separate the artist from the art, and I think it's become so relevant recently because since the you know this whole Weinstein scandal has come to light, more and more artists, actors, directors, people that we've loved and admired and enjoyed their work of has, have, have been exposed as, um, you know, from from the criminal to the just lewd to the just bad, you know, whatever it may be, there's a whole spectrum of this, what's been going on, but it's made watching a lot of their work and enjoying it difficult and conflicting. And so, but I kind of feel like and this is where I'm willing to have my mind totally changed on this, but I kind of feel like we should be able to separate the art from the artist. And I sort of feel like if I want to watch The Usual Suspects with Kevin Spacey in it, it doesn't mean that I'm supporting him as a person and doesn't mean that I don't think what he's done is horrendous, but it's a film that was made with hundreds of people involved from the writers to the directors. um, And he he was doing a job in the same way that if I found out that a you know, a, a murderer had had been a bricklayer in, on a wall, I wouldn't, like, have an objection to, like, going by that wall or, like, using a bridge because that person's work is not that mm. person. But, but I do think mm. it's, it's confusing. Though. Yeah, but I think it's totally that. What people don't understand, like, are forgetting is, like, House of Cards, for example, so many people worked on House of Cards. It was an incredible show because of the, like, unbelievable talent that was working behind the scenes on that. Kevin Spacey didn't make that whole series himself. So, and what was the mm. um, thing that they've rewritten him out of? And also the Agatha yeah. Christie, um, the Christmas Agatha Christie special had Ed Westwick in it. Mm. And it just co- totally got cut. Oh when God. all the stuff came out about Ed Westwick, it was going to come out on Boxing Day, I think. And it just totally got cut. And it's like, that was loads of people's first breaks. And, mm. you know, it's a really... Livelihoods. But also, yeah. I think that's quite a dangerous place to be in because it's it's a sort of trial before... It, it, you know, we're losing this whole innocent until proven guilty. And with Ed in particular... And I might be slightly biased because he is someone who I, I I knew many years ago. But and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying in any way weigh him because I have no idea whether he did or didn't do um, what he's alleged to. But I also think that you know to to sort of trial and judge someone before they've actually legally gone through the process of actually being judged and before you know is is kind of a dangerous precedent as well. And I'm I like totally think you have to believe women and you know we need to support people to come out and voice what's happened to them but I also think just like completely like writing someone off and cancelling their shows and things like that when we have no idea what's actually gone down yet without them having a chance to have cleared their name potentially is also a little bit muddy Mm. territory Mm. 
Yeah, cause I um, had a weird one recently where I interviewed Greta Gerwig for my other podcast and I got loads of comments being like, I hope you asked her about her involvement with like Woody Allen. Mm, and, mm. and I think that's like been in the press recently, hasn't mm, it? She, yeah. She's been really kind of um, put up to answer a lot of questions. And I, I actually got quite defensive and I replied to someone saying, actually, she's just directed her first feature film like mm. I I'm not interested in asking her about that I wanted to just celebrate her and her film and actually reflecting on that I feel like did I have a duty actually to mm. ask her about Woody Allen but I also feel like is she why is she so responsible he did something wrong she didn't well it's I mean Woody Allen is a really hard one because <clears throat> he's sort of still got the same stature and respect that he ever had and never got tuppence for what a lot of people think he deserves and for people like Greta Gerwig who is a kind of acclaimed feminist and all of the stuff that she's created so far has kind of been Mm. really you know female empowering and whatever and Woody Allen to an extent like I I don't know it's a really hard one I, Mm. I can I really understand why people are interrogating people who are going in Woody Allen's films but equally I love Woody Allen's films and I'm like he is one of the reasons why I started writing comedy mm. and that's never going to change. Do you know what? I feel mm. like I'm going to slightly like backtrack on what I said at the start of this discussion, which was that I think we should be able to separate art from the artist because you just mentioning Woody Allen there, Emma, um, reminded me. I read the, like one of the most heart- difficult and heartbreaking articles which um, Dylan Farrow wrote and in it she talked about how basically how painful it is for her to watch an awards ceremony and see the person that she accuses of being her abuser being basically celebrated and lauded and actually so it's all very well for me to sit here and go well why shouldn't I be able to watch The Usual Suspects if just because Kevin Spacey is you know is in it but actually for the person who's suffered at the hands of that person just to know that people are just still out there buying their music or they're watching their films or that you know they're in some way like still receiving money and royalties and all the rest of it must be really mm. horrendously painful but i don't understand why would how woody allen is still doing what he's doing I, I don't understand it well i think ultimately it's come down to uh he's denied it and some people have chosen to believe to that, believe that yeah. and so it's 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 so difficult because i mean i read her account and for me it rang incredibly true but a lot of people who will know him will work with him will just say he's denied it he said this and that and i choose to believe him and mm. you know i do think with the me too movement as well and it's quite hard to say this as a woman like yes believe women but also individuals are individuals and so and i'm in no way like saying this about mm. woody allen and dylan Brown, i don't know either of them um but i think there are sometimes when like men are also some can be trustworthy sometimes too there are men i know that i would believe but then also i think it's really dangerous territory like to like you know when lena dunham came out with that yeah really yeah, badly yeah. timed press yeah. release saying well i know this guy and he didn't do it it's like that was really yeah, not the right absolutely. time yeah. to kind of stick an oar in from like a personal emo- emotional point of view and i thought that was really bad taste but i feel like with lena i feel like she actually i know she messes up a lot I think she saves a lot of other people making the same mistakes yeah. because they see her do it and then they think, oh, I won't do yeah, that. Yeah, she gets all the punishment for kind of things that a lot of people are. But I also think the there's, a, there's a big difference between privately knowing, like as she did, knowing someone and going, 
okay, I've had to make a choice here. I've, I know you and I've chosen to believe you that you didn't do this. And actually going on and using your powers on a platform, in a, you know, huge influence and platform that you have to publicly say that and in a way kind of shame yeah, and the woman. Who, yeah, and, yeah, and kind of go, I think this person's a liar, basically. I think there's a mass, that's, there's a huge difference between mm. those two things. And we all as individuals have to make up our minds, like, you know, down to tiny things in life, like... You know, when you're like in, in the school ground and, you you know, someone hits someone and they, or you've got your kids and they go, that person, you have to decide mm. sometimes in life, like, which side to fall on, but you don't ever know. You never know. Unless you're that person there, you can never know the truth. And 100%. sometimes you don't need to say anything. Like, exactly. I feel, yeah. like, exactly. I feel like that's what her issue is in some places is like, it's, it's a weird kind of um, thinking that she needs to say something when actually you don't need to say anything. Yeah absolutely so what do you guys think I just I mean I I feel like I've sort of changed my mind a bit there but what do you guys think about do you you think it's okay like let's let's forget Woody Allen and let's forget even the people who've not gone through a process but someone who's actually been tried and found to be guilty and you know or has confessed themselves and said yes I did do this and something that we is either criminal or that we just find completely unacceptable would you still feel comfortable going and seeing a film with them in it or directed by them or music by them I think, like we said, films are are a different thing. I personally think because a lot of people make it. If 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 a CEO of a company who sells a product was did something awful, I would boycott. I would boycott that product. But I think with a film, it's like unless that person is the main part and in your face, I probably would go and see it. Mm. It's know. interesting because I was talking to my mum about the disaster artist and James Franco today and she was like, well, you refused to watch Manchester by the Sea last year because of Casey Affleck. And I did because I I don't know why, but that was before all of this stuff had happened and what Casey Affleck did like really resonated with me and really made me very angry. And I was like, it's true, but I just really love James Franco and he's been like one of like my favourite people. So it kind of I don't think I have a one catch for mm. all kind of answer for that unfortunately yeah. because there are levels of the things of what people mm. have done and there are scales and like people who have been found guilty and I don't know it's kind of do you think do you think it's, would you feel more comfortable seeing a film that had been produced by Weinstein because he's not in it so you don't have to see his face and it's not as in your overt as opposed to like an actor who was in it I was just thinking of um, that quote that Sarah Silverman did about Louis C.K. because they're best friends Mm. and she basically said I'm going to paraphrase it really badly now but she was basically saying you can still love someone and totally totally disagree with an action that they've done Mm. so essentially what you're saying is like you're allowed to like James Franco actually deep down because they've had an influence on your life but you can also think he's a terrible person like, mm. those two things can mm. both be true. So it's not black and white, basically. It isn't. Yeah. Two statements can be true at the same time. Well, I'm sure, like, if you, you know, take that to the extreme, you know, a mother whose son is a serial killer, I'm sure there's a part of that that woman who will still love that person and still care for them. I mean, that's taking it to a whole other level, but mm. can absolutely abhor and despise everything they've ever done and, you know, hate them for that and be disgusted by it, but also have a love for them. And I think... It is, you know, our, it's not like we know these people, but relationships are complex. And in a way, relationships with people on the screen, people who make art that we love. And you were saying, you know, for example, Woody Allen, how much he influenced you. It's it's maybe not one no, it's, it's complicated. Mm, mm. So maybe yeah. he just shouldn't get, he shouldn't get any rewards oh, financially yeah, I mean, or 
or on a red carpet. Yeah, and with him, it's like, well, it was it was his old cinema that really did inspire me, and now I do just think he like is kind of making too many films and they're losing. But also, their value. I just think he. Uh, I don't think his new newer films are very good. But also, he no. need, he sh- really ultimately what should happen is that he should go to court, and this should yeah. be, this should be tried properly with a jury, and if he has done what he's been accused of doing then he should go to jail yeah. and then that changes things as well and you have to look at it again but I think it, it's terribly sad that someone you know if let's presume let's say that he has done it that mm. he just gets to walk around I just I think that's wrong and I think mm. we need to find better systems for holding people to account for their mm. behaviour mm. and I think that's the, the huge problem with rape and assault is that it, it's so difficult mm-hmm. to prove again it's not black and white and like, we're going to see this a lot now, it's really, really difficult to put these men away. And so women don't want to come forward and have their whole lives kind of exploited and their whole sexual history. Mm -hmm. It's, like, totally understandable. But, yeah, I mean, it's a whole other thing. But that's this kind of whole fucked-up circle of why he's gotten away with it and people like Casey Affleck are still working. And, I like, I mean, I... Mel Gibson as well. Yeah. And he's on on tape, like, saying the most... uh, things and doing I mean most, also yeah. like Donald Trump mm. but also you look at someone like I mean I find Mike Tyson the fact that he's like a convicted rapist and a violent yeah. man and yet it seemed to be kind of like slightly cool and iconic to have him in your you know music video or to have yeah. him like people are like oh my god it's my turn I just find that weird that he's even allowed to come to, into this country and get money doing yeah I don't know it's just it, it, it is it is a very weird sort of um control like not control a very weird way that we have where some people are allowed off the hook and some people aren't so like yeah. someone like chris brown seems to have just got off scot free yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah he's got and a someone else. documentary on the go at the moment wow yeah. celebrating his life we just it's like as a nation we forgive some people and then yeah. other people we yeah. just don't i know. know and i hope it i mean this is a great time i think in history what's happening now and my parents keep being like mm, i don't think anything's gonna change but i really think it's a great time mm. and so hopefully in 10 years time the infrastructure and the kind of power systems that we have in play will have changed and so it'll be much more difficult to get away with this stuff and importantly which is what people keep saying which is really important to say i think is that we're not just talking about like for actresses and actors and people like that in hollywood like what you hope is that what's happened will filter down so that when you have your domestic workers your um you know marginalized people your street workers people like that that they will actually feel that they have more of a voice and that they are able to also stand up for themselves because obviously what we're seeing is like a tip of a tiny little iceberg of people who tend to have much bigger support networks was actually you know violence towards women and oppression of women is happening on such Mm. so many levels across the world and that leads me on to my topic actually which goes totally leads on from that is um oprah's speech at the golden globes about exactly that about me too and time is up and and that big campaign around a new dawn on the horizon um i read a stat on twitter that said i mean it was on twitter so do we believe it but um someone did a poll basically asking americans on the whole if they would vote for oprah as president in 2020 and 48 percent of people said they would vote for her immediately and i think it it they did some sort of calculation that meant it would it would beat donald trump Mm. out of the white house or whatever and i just wanted to bring up and ask you your opinion really because i'm i don't know for sure what i think is it fair to kind of assume that Oprah even wants to be president like has anyone asked her and also just because you are an amazing person and you have an amazing career 
does that automatically make you a good politician or I don't know it's just this mixture of kind of celebrity and politics at the moment I find quite an interesting one and I wondered if you guys thought anything about that whether you thought actually yeah we should get Oprah in the White House mm-hmm. well I think that the 48% of people who voted that a lot of them are probably saying well I hate that Tom- Donald Trump is in the White House and he was a, you know he worked did a reality TV show and is a property mogul and that is now president so they're like well if he can do it then obviously Oprah can and yeah. it's kind of maybe symbolic of you know that those people who are like she deserves it so much more than him because look what she's done in her career and she's just so much more impressive so we would rather if a celebrity were in the white house it would have to be oprah so maybe it's not necessarily like they want oprah it's kind of what are they saying in that it's that Mm. like this celebrity has now become president and he's fucking everything up why isn't someone like her doing it because she would be doing it totally differently it's like yeah. we're, we're all yeah. really desperate for like we're like we see someone we're like she made a good speech yeah. please please let her do it someone anyone just, and we just all like get really yeah. I mean I got really excited I mean I watched the speech and I cried and it really mm-hmm. resonated in so many ways and, and it was amazing and then I started seeing people on Twitter saying exactly that and I have to admit I got really excited because I was like oh my god this could be the answer the thing we've all been waiting for it's going to solve everything and, and it's the same with Michelle Obama like yeah. there's this huge pressure on Michelle Obama to run mm-hmm. for president because people are so upset you know that 48% probably more so upset with Trump mm-hmm. that they want like these kind of incredible influential inspirational characters to be there yeah Oh, I hope it happens then. Well, I, she has. Interestingly, she has actually been asked. So um, over the years, because I think way back when she interviewed, she interviewed Trump like a long time ago. But she was asked a few times, and she's always said that she's not interested in it. But then her long-term partner, apparently, I mean, we can take all these things with a pinch of salt. But apparently, on the night, said. Um, when he was asked, you know, would she run? He said, well, you know, it's down to the people. And if the momentum was there and it was clear that people wanted her to, then she'd definitely consider it. But, I mean, it's not from her mouth and who knows how whether that was taken in context or not. Um, so it would be interesting to get her opinion on it. But I can imagine that if you suddenly have this swell of people saying um, that you want someone to do, to, you know, they, they want you to do something, you'd have to then at least think about it in a different way. So hopefully, hopefully she's thinking about it. Because I think the other thing that, like has kind of gone out the window with this is like we should be saying well what does she know about politics <laughs> and running a country but Donald Trump didn't have a clue and he's now doing it so and the rock going for exactly. president now too but oh, normally really. you would say and in this country we really do uh, much more interrogate our politicians and say well what do they know like what gives them the right to kind of make these choices for us mm. but that's gone out the window in the states so they're like well you know she's incredible let's just get her in but I do think we have to ask you know what does Oprah? What obviously it, nothing. But isn't that part of the whole? About? Isn't that part of the whole? Like we don't need experts anymore. We just want celebrities. Like yeah. across the board, not just in politics. But exactly what you're saying. It's like it doesn't really matter what you know anymore. It's just like how popular you are and how much we like you. Is it that younger people maybe do care about someone being like on an emotional level more in tune with them? Yeah, and that's I I think is quite a problem because. You need to know about economics, you know, like the way that policies are structured, the infrastructure of government before you go into politics. There's a problem with career politicians. And I think in this country, we kind of like breed people to be MPs and then one day the leader of a party. And that's a problem because then they don't have the kind of life experience, which they could then offer kind of a different narrative within government. But I also think it's dangerous saying 
or just because they're interesting or charismatic and funny or charming that they should be in power because mm. it's about having the balance you know mm. these people are making huge decisions they yeah. need to be equipped to do it it's it's it has always been there people like i don't think it's a new thing that people are looking for politicians and in particular not just politicians but the leaders so your presidents your prime ministers to be relatable and charismatic i mean i do think that that was part of why tony blair got in as well he looked a certain way he spoke a certain way he appealed to people in a certain way but you always had the balance of that. So they had to also be, you know, have, have proved their worth as a politician, um, to have gone through certain things, had a certain amount of experience. And I think that is what we've kind of lost now. Not so much here, but certainly in America. And I think potentially, you know, in times to come, it, that will come over here as well, whereby we don't even care. And, and again, it's not just politicians. I think we don't really care about people's experience and knowledge anymore. We just, we're so obsessed with celebrity and we're so obsessed with like, could they be my friend that that is become it's trumped it almost well excuse the pun but it's that that has trumped the kind of experience and knowledge which is yeah I, worries. but then there is an argument that he's just like the face of it and like someone like oprah could also be like the face of it and actually there's a lot of people behind the scenes aren't there like working on mm. things as well but 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 they are you know it's it's not just the title role like being the leader of a country is just it's massive and we've seen that trump just doesn't know also, Even down to the language it, that he uses, yeah, like he um, know how to I do tried it. to get the presidency and I did first time. Do you, yeah. you know that tweet yeah. where he's like, "I tried well, what he it said, and I'm I won like, it. I'm like really smart, <laughs> <laughs> like a genius." Yeah, yeah oh it's just God. kind of it's you know it's proving that you kind of you you need to have some sort of experience. So I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think there should be like one CV that fits what you need to have done to be. A politician, but I think it's dangerous saying that you can just do it. I blame Arnie. Famous. Arnie was the first, yeah. wasn't he? He well, became the governor. <laughs> Reagan. Was oh no, Reagan. Reagan. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah I take I, that was back. That, was, was that before? Yeah, 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 yeah. Reagan. Course. But we forget we because it. because well, I grew up thinking of Reagan as a politician, as a as a president. And then when you read about like what happened at the time and how he came up and you know was this actor, then you, it's quite shocking actually. It's kind mm. of there's a lot of similarities yeah. with what's happened with Trump. And I'm interested, you know, it could it could keep happening here. I'm interested to see like the, well, the it's people kind of, that kind of want to because Russell, I think Russell now, Brand yeah. kind of kind of got involved, didn't he, through his influence? And actually, I don't know. I I kind of like sometimes his truth, the true news, the truths, mm. whatever it's called, mm-hmm. but. I understand why people thought, well, what do you know? I think here in England, people reject that quite a lot. So with Russell and again, with Lily, who, I mean, I, I love Lily Allen and I think she's brilliant in a lot of what she says, but I think people don't like someone in this country. We don't like people who we feel are talking out of turn. So if you're a pop star, if you're a comedian, like stick to what you know, you're not allowed to have an opinion, which, I, which you know, that seems to be more of a British thing maybe. Um, it's not really fair, is it? No, it's yeah, like... it, it, it's the. Di- but I think that's the big difference between here and the states is that in America you can kind of have like five different careers and be flourishing in all of them, and you're allowed to do that. And I always say that that comes down to the university system. You don't pick one degree mm. to master. You do lots of different things. And here we kind of get boxed into being a lawyer at eighteen, and then that's it. And then you stick in your place. I totally agree. So I think that we have a kind of problem here mm. with it just being. Politicians doing what politicians do, and everyone else kind of pretends it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we don't really resist as much here. I don't mm-hmm. think. But it's also a tool, a way of like shutting people down. So if you don't agree with what someone says, like the thing 
that people say to Lily a lot on Twitter I see is that they go like, oh, you silly little girl, stick to making your shit music or something like that. And she will will often reply like, I'm a 36-year-old mother of two. In what way does that make me a silly little girl? And it is a way of people shutting people down because they don't like what they're saying. Because actually, like, musicians have got involved, you know, with, with... politics and charitable works and things like that for a long time it's not all that new and i think i think i don't know if you agree um but i think i think everyone has a responsibility if you have a platform and you're not using it in some small way to do something i think that's very strange and you're not running like people i heard they're not running for office that's the difference they're just using their platform to have a voice and people don't in any way have to read it or listen to them um i think the thing is when you you know when you start having people going for office and running for parliament and you know becoming actually powerful influential political people then you have to start looking and going okay what do you actually do what do you actually know what's your experience are you someone we can trust to make good choices on this but this is why they're all really bland because all the kind of interesting colourful characters well I don't want to offend all politicians but a lot of them get put off because they're like what? why would I want to non-stop be abused in the way that Lily yeah. Allen is and told that I'm wrong and you know yeah. it, it's kind of it, new, it um, filters out a lot of the extroverted people yeah. and then we end up having people like Theresa May who just like doesn't even have a brain in her skull she's like a robot <laughs> oh my god on that note <laughs> um, uh, thank you so much Grace for getting it off your breast with us I always feel like I've shed a few pounds after I've done an episode so I'm like lighter and with I, my... I have to say talking of shedding pounds I feel like I've put a few on but I feel like I've also found my food sister because Grace you're the first person that has enjoyed a snack of frozen peas with me so <laughs> thanks mean, you're both thank really you. <laughs> we can see your show it's Riot Girls Riot Girls on 4OD yes um, if people want to catch up and watch that um, yes. can't wait and we will also um, you can also follow you on Instagram and Twitter D- Disgrace Campbell brilliant yeah. okay. thank you so much thanks Thank you so much to Grace for joining us, but also, of course, big thanks to you for listening. Don't forget, you can click to subscribe to ensure that you don't miss any of our future episodes. And make sure you do join us next week because we have the brilliant author, host of BBC Radio 3's breakfast show, the incredible Clemmy Burton-Hill. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.